0: Welcome to Life Together. In part one of this two-part episode, I sit down with Warren and Becca Kinzer to hear more about their story, their testimony, and what it looks like for each of them individually and together as a couple, not to shift their hope from the gospel. In addition, we talk with Warren about what that looks like in his role in leading and directing music and our time of worship together as Gresham Bible Church. I really enjoyed sitting down with Warren and Becca, they're a joy to us as a church family and I hope you enjoy the discussion with them. And again, the point of these discussions is they're meant to spur us on to really faithfully and joyfully trust and follow Jesus together in our time as we hear Jesus's work in each of one another's life. So I hope you enjoy this first part episode. So we have two special guests with us today. Warren and Becca Kinzer, thank you for coming on the podcast today. What do you think of these amazing studios?
1: These are
2: incredible. <laughs> I'm flabbergasted.
0: You're flabbergasted. Excellent. Good. And then before we get started, uh, Gresham Bible Church getting to know you guys more, hearing more about your story and God's work in your life, and then transitioning to hearing Warren talk about his role in leading worship at GBC. I just wanted first to get this on vinyl, so to speak, and hear Becca's thoughts on LaCroix. Becca, how do you feel about LaCroix?
1: <laughs> it's disgusting.
0: Why is it disgusting?
1: There's no flavor. You guys need to try sparkling ice, so much better. Right now, uh, Mike is drinking um, hibiscus, and I think that they were like growing about three blocks away from where the water was being made, which is. Super flavorful.
0: Excellent. Excellent. I just wanted to hear you say that on the church podcast about (laughs) your feelings about LaCroix. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Awesome. Um, So why don't we get started? We want Gresham Bible Church, for those that don't know you super well yet or those that do, so why don't you just tell us a little bit about yourself, whoever wants to go first. Tell us about who who you are, where'd you grow up,
2: all that kind of good stuff. Well, my name is Warren, and believe it or not, you may not know this. I actually grew up in Boring, Oregon. I um, was technically born in Eugene, um, but when I was two, my dad moved up here to be the pastor of what was then called Boring Assembly of God, Okay. Uh, which was a title, not an adjective, <laughs> as the joke goes. I have many jokes about I was Boring. I say, those are antitheses of each other. Yes. <laughs> yeah. um, it used to be where the Polaris shop is. If that's familiar. Okay. Yeah. Know, right as you cross. I the did lawn. not know that. Cool. Another fun fact is that boring and dull Scotland have an international partnership and they celebrate that on August 9th, which is coincidentally my birthday. Wow. Yeah. It wow. was meant to be. Yes. Destiny. <laughs> uh, <laughs> that's great. So you, so you grew up in
0: boring. Uh, where'd you graduate from high school? All of that.
2: Yeah. I went to Sandy high school. Um, pioneers. Yeah. Excellent. <laughs> it's one of the many rivalries I have with my now wife. That's <laughs> true.
0: And how about after high school? Where'd you go? All that good stuff.
2: Yeah. So um, after high school, um, you know, I actually met Kelsey, then Brown. Whoops. Yeah. Now Brown, then yeah. Harris. Okay. In high school, believe oh, it or wow. not. Um, so newer knew in high school. There was a few uh, youth group events and different trips that she had gone on, which is just kind of funny, uh, in the sense that after high school, uh, we both ended up going to um, Northwest University. Okay. So it was Bible college, and then while we were attending there, it changed to university. Clear evidence of the value that I brought to the campus. Yes. Primarily, um, and actually ended up meeting Virgil, Virgil there too. Okay. Very um, cool. So we were all friends when they started dating and then eventually married. And so just kind of a fun connection to GPC wow, in that, that way. Awesome. Okay. All right,
0: Becca, how about you? Tell us a little bit about yourself. where did you grow up? What yes. should we know?
1: Okay. Um, so I was born up in Redmond, Washington and we lived in Auburn, Washington until I was six. And then we moved to, um, Portland. Um, we moved on to Alberta Street. At the time, it was not the drive-by shooting end; it was the other end. Now it's the drive-by shooting end. Mm-hmm. So I'm glad we got got out of there. Um, and we li- then we moved to Gresham, and my parents are still in the same house. Um, and grew up a good shepherd. And then um, I graduated from Barlow, um, went to Oregon State for two years, and I transferred to Multnomah Bible College, um, now Multnomah University. Apparently, I didn't have the same impact that you did, Um, because mine stayed at Bible college, (laughs) and graduated there with Bible and theology degree and a minor in educational ministries, Um, and then I also went and got my master's in teaching, so I did that a couple years ago. Awesome. So, um, yeah, I'm all, oh, and I was a stump. For those that don't know that. Because I feel like there's a lot of new people at church. Yeah. So um, I was a stump for most of my life. I've been a Kinzer for three years, so three and a half years, I guess. Excellent.
0: How about for both of you? Do you have any hobbies? What are your favorite things
2: to do? That is a great one. Uh, I do enjoy movies. Yes. I also like playing music. Excellent. Yeah. All right.
1: Becca? Um, Yeah. um, I don't know if this is a hobby but i really like to shop that's really where i get <laughs> i get all the my th-
2: <laughs> hobby is making enough money so that she can exercise <laughs> he works, her hobby yes,
1: he works hard so i can practice that um and i also i mean i like movies too we watch we watch a decent amount of movies okay
0: so. all right do you have the yeah. same favorite movies or different no. movies like i feel like carrie and i like totally different types of movies. So if we're going to watch a movie together, it takes a lot of work to land on one we're both going to enjoy. What does that look like for you guys? Yeah.
2: Well, if you picture the standard Venn diagram, there's definitely a chunk that overlaps. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. How big um, of a chunk?
1: It's decent size.
2: Okay. It's it's not too bad. Okay. It's a pretty decent chunk. I would say the biggest determinant is how we're feeling that particular day. Mm. Mm-hmm. Okay. So, I more Generally, would like the same type of movie. However, depending on the day, we might want to do more of a, a drama, action, sci-fi. Okay. So,
0: so just real quick, what yeah. are each of your favorite movies? So then we'll move on. Ooh. Oh, gosh.
1: Um, I really like old movies, actually. So, and I mean like old, like... Um, Gone with the Wind, Meet Me in St. Louis, Wow! Okay, like old, old. I also really like Pride and Prejudice. That's probably the, the newest one, even though it's like 20 years old. But um, that's probably my favorite. But I do like um, most genres. So it doesn't, I feel like we actually usually can come to a pretty good, both of us will kind of watch anything um, for the most part. Okay. I don't like the demonic stuff. Yeah, but you know, yeah. you know, that could be just me. That's good. Thanks for saying that. <laughs> yeah,
2: yeah. W- w- Warren, how about you? Do you have a favorite Do you like movie? The stuff? <laughs> favorite is tough. Um, I typically mm-hmm. say um, Gladiator. Although I'll be honest, my all-time favorite movie, um, which doesn't make sense in the movies that I actually watch, is the original animated Robin Hood.
1: That is true. Wow, I he love that, that movie. Okay.
2: Uh, yeah. yeah, it's one of my favorites. Gladiator, uh, Matrix, Enemy of the State, I mean, Inception, those types of movies are generally my go-to. Okay. All right. Cool. Eternal Sunshine of the Spotless Mind. I love that movie. Wow. Okay. I love the soundtrack in particular. Yeah. Yeah. Very cool. All right.
0: We'll have to talk movies more sometime. So (laughs) we've learned a little bit about each of you. How about you guys as a couple? So kind of walk it back for us. How did you meet? How long have you been married? What should we know?
2: well back to boring oregon uh i was for the first time keeping up with uh and i'm gonna butcher this because i don't do the social medias all that often but it was instagram videoing uh my trip to port to boring because I've talked about boring my whole life, um, but I haven't posted that much about it. And so I was, you know, here's the address. Here's the where I went to middle school. Here's the sign celebrating the international partnership between boring and dull Scotland. And uh, Kelsey messaged me and she goes, that sign, we live like within 100 feet of that sign. Okay. (laughs) Like maybe 150 feet. And uh, so she's like, you should totally stay with us. At the same time, the reason why I was coming down is because my dad was actually retiring from ministry after 30 years. Um, now the church is called Living Word Fellowship. Mm-hmm. And it's out on Orient Drive. Mm-hmm. And um, our youth pastor, actually, um, John Meniker, is now the head pastor. Um, I think some of us know him, um, but was a personal trainer forever, was my youth pastor, and um, I was helping my dad essentially move out, and so she offered to to host, you know, and to have me come the next time. So I did, um, rolled into town. Um, it was a Thursday. It was just before dinner at about five 15. And after about 15 minutes, they were on the horn, uh, pairing me, trying to find someone <laughs> that could marry me, uh, because I had mentioned that I was single and finally back on the market. Which I would be quoting, I mean, you could see the air quotes. I love you using air quotes right now. Yeah. So the assumption was like, we need to get down to business. Well, apparently, unbeknownst to me, they had a track record of pairing people with their lifetime partners. So Mm -hmm. they had a very, I don't know, they had some experience. Mm -hmm. So.
1: So. I don't know if you had said this. So at the time, he was living in Seattle still. So he went up to Northwest for college and then never came back. So he was up in Seattle. And um, I, so I have been with GBC since the beginning. So I've really, I'd really gotten to know Virgil and Kelsey. Um, And at the time, I had kind of helped watch their kids so they could have date nights. And so I don't know if they know this. I don't know if they'll hear this, but she texted me, Hey, what are you doing right now? And I was like, Shoot, I can't come over and watch the kid like it was so last minute i didn't want to go yeah and so i was like oh i just got out of the shower and i was in grad school and i had a ton of stuff going on and and they were like well we have somebody that's in town that we want you to meet and i was like well tonight's not going to work but so she said well what if we can like figure something else out and um i thought you know okay whatever like free dinner if nothing else right i'll just do free (laughs) dinner so we met on a blind date and that was February um, of 2017 and then things worked so they don't normally work but they worked so we dated long distance while I finished school I had just a few months left and he, he was kind of already in a place where it was like he didn't know. He, he was um, like a part-time pastor and doing other things and just wasn't sure, is this even where, you know, God wants me to stay. And, and I was in a place where I'm like, I'm finishing up grad school. what What's it going to look like for me? So we were in this huge time of transition individually. And then um, – Yeah. So anyway, so he, we decided that we were going to give it a go. And by June he'd moved down and then in July we got engaged and then we got married in December and then we got pregnant later in December.
2: So it was (laughs) all
1: very fast. So now we have two, we celebrated our third anniversary in December. So it's been, you know, six months ago and, um, we have Noah, who's two and a half and Tate who's, uh, 14 months. That's awesome. So it all yeah. just happened. So
2: where'd you go on your blind date?
1: We went to Uli's. Well,
2: Ooh, yeah, good choice. that was the second round. Um, the first round, unfortunately, she was so nervous to meet I me. I was not. Yeah. Uh, that she had some stomach issues, and so we had to reschedule.
1: <laughs> <laughs> I really wasn't nervous, actually, but it sounded like it. I texted him, and I was like, this is not nerves. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I really just don't uh, feel good.
2: So, uh, yeah, then we went to Uli's. Okay. so we and every year, we, Yeah. We do that. Oh, yeah, because, well, it went well. And so because dinner went well, then it's like, hey, is there, you know, a thing to do mm-hmm. on a Sunday night in Gresham after 9 In February.
1: PM. No, not and
2: really. so it was 8.40. No, it was like 8.42. So we skated into Baskin-Robbins, got our ice cream, then sat in the car and talked. Yeah. Nice. Yeah. Okay. Anyway, so Very cool. Say. Yeah. So
0: I think I've nibbled around this question, but I just want to straight up ask it. How far into your relationship or premarriage counseling did the 49ers Seahawk thing get? <laughs> so, Warren's a 49ers fan, Becca's a Seahawks fan. Like, I just want to hear more about this.
2: Well, first, I would just like to point out it's not the most tense rivalry actually in our house. Oh, believe it or not, the uh, blue cheese mushroom tomato rivalry. <laughs> is on par what with not. the ducks huskies robbery. Oh yeah I It's hate actually more intense
1: the ducks hate Okay With, like way more I actually don't <laughs> mind the 49ers so much but the ducks They okay. can go somewhere in my opinion
0: Okay all right uh, we can south. talk more about the what was it blue cheese what Sorry I'm just That's trying like to process that That's like the only food that. he doesn't
1: like is blue cheese and I love blue cheese Okay and he loves mushrooms and I think I like they are Mushrooms the worst Along with the ducks and LaCroix. Yeah. (laughs) Okay. The the list is getting
0: longer. Okay. Yeah, that's great. All right. Um, So I'm I'm now distracted by (laughs) blue cheese and mushrooms. All right. And and how about for uh, transitioning from blue cheese and mushrooms to work? What what do you both do for work right now?
2: Um, Yeah, I'm working for um, SurveyMonkey. Might have heard or taken, probably taken a survey, whether you knew it or not. Mm -hmm. And um, also, obviously, part time at the church. Yep. Um, for now, for the foreseeable future, I'm working from home, um, but thankfully there's enough office space in this wonderful studio mm-hmm. that we're present in <laughs> to where I can come here a few times a week as well. Cool. It's um, nice. Yeah. Right. And yeah because right now, you? My office is our kitchen table.
1: Yes, it is. <laughs> it's also the playroom, the dining room, the living room, oh, the kitchen, man. so it's yeah. pretty fun. Um, so I actually teach online at Southeast Academy. Um, Miss Lisa Perez also teaches mm. there. So I am the high school English one, two, and three, and the French one and two teacher there. And then um, I also do some tutoring and some electives for them, um, like junior high Bible study. And um, and then I also am on staff with Young Life at Barlow in the area. So mm. both of those are fairly part time. But it can get a little crazy because he has two jobs and I have two jobs and we have two yeah. little kids. Oh, and man. we're doing everything from home mostly. So. It gets wild, but we like it. I Mm -hmm.
0: bet. That's awesome. Okay. All right. And how about, um, we've touched on a lot of things. I have a lot of follow-up questions I could ask right now. I'm going to hold back at this point. (laughs) What is one thing Gresham Bible Church should know about you?
1: It's actually so hard.
2: Well, I've been prompted, which is helpful. Yes. Because I was having a hard time thinking of something.
1: Um,
2: However... Um, for a while, um, I was part of one of the quote unquote premier Beatles cover bands in Seattle. That's awesome. That That's is awesome. very
1: true. They actually won a pretty prestigious award from the Kirkland Performing Arts Center. Wow. Yeah, it's true. Yeah. How they many dates
0: happened until Warren brought that up, Becca? Is that a first date conversation? Uh, that hey, was by a the way, pre, I think. Oh, she so even knew that ahead of time. I think so. She was so no wonder to, uh, you kind of um, got now. nerves before that first date. Then, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no.
1: going to meet a rock star. <laughs> oh,
2: no, that's man. awesome. So,
0: so you're part of a Beatles cover band. So which Beatle did you cover?
2: So there's a difference between tribute band and cover band. Oh, okay. Which I just want to make sure, because looking at me, um, I'm not a. Beatle. Unfortunately, I don't quite have the physique or the (laughs) hair. Uh, So that would be a problem, but thankfully we just covered their songs. And so primarily Paul, um, however, um, we didn't trade off lead vocal as much, you know, so I mostly do harmonies and play bass. Okay. um, That's awesome. Which is enough in itself. Now I have friends that were part of, um, and it's pretty impressive. I would go and see them play and they would do tribute bands. So they would each play to their best ability, exactly what that particular Beatle played. Wow. And they would do it by era. And so they'd actually have makeup. Um, for example, for Ringo, it was a prosthetic note, so the drummer would actually look <laughs> oh like Ringo. It was a whole other world I knew nothing about. It was a whole world. I didn't either. Yeah. yeah, we were just more, you know, hey, let's play some Beatles music and have a blast. And over the years, it dipped into many other bands because someone would be sick and fill in and be like, hey, I've got this Fleetwood Mac band. Hey, I've got this Rolling Stones band. Hey, I have this classic hits band and so over the years there was quite the repertoire we could do um at any given gig. that is so cool so, but the primary thing was the beatles
0: yeah. wow okay becca what's one thing we should know about you try and top that
1: well i definitely can't this is like actually <laughs> super hard um i i honestly a no joke doesn't have to be anything about
0: it. big Small, anything. Just what's one thing?
1: Well, the first thing that pops out is that I am kind of obsessed with true crime. Oh, okay. So my favorite show is Dateline. And actually, I watch it before bed to like calm down. I remember one time I watched... Very (laughs) perplexing. (laughs) I was watching like, I think it was the season finale of Grimm. And I was so stressed out that I had to watch like a two-hour Dateline just to like take a breather. Wow, this is the debate
2: we always have. Like that stuff actually happens in real life. Yeah. That yeah. is much more terrifying to me than a show where it's obviously fake.
0: Yeah. Mm. However. Wow. So you watch Dateline to, to come. What's that guy's name that has oh, the awesome Keith. voice? I yes. I love him.
1: You, Ange and I, if we've ever gone anywhere and we tell people, we tell each other, uh-huh. if I get murdered, make sure that Keith does my Dateline. Yeah. <laughs> She loves it, too. And so does Jake. So we have good conversations. I love this. This is great. Okay. I don't love the ones Mm. about drugs. Drugs really stress me out. But the murdery Mm. ones, I'm in. Yes, please.
0: This is so good. Thank (laughs) you for sharing. This this is
2: great. Oh, man. we'll talk
1: about Jesus real soon. (laughs) So
0: many follow-up questions. So many. Okay. So GBC knows about... about You're probably expecting
2: something like she knows
0: French. I. I love honesty. Oh, she's a, a French teacher. That's pretty cool. But that doesn't hold a candle to date, <laughs> <laughs> her conviction her. around Dateline. Yeah. yeah. Uh, that's great. All right. So good. transitioning from that, yeah. why don't you both share briefly your testimony? How'd you come to know Jesus? I have
2: no good segue between Dateline and your testimony. So how'd you come to know Jesus? Um, yeah. So my dad uh, was a pastor, like I mentioned. Um, He uh, came to know the Lord um, after what he would consider just a a very rough um, life away from the Lord um, when he was about 22, 24. And back then, um, the way that you would serve the Lord would be to go into ministry. Mm -hmm. So it's a little bit of a different dynamic now, but that was a lot of the the methodology back then, kind of the thought And so obviously he wanted to be a pastor too, but that was just what you did. And so, um, nine years later they had me when I was two, they moved up here to be pastors and then was for 30 years. So for me, as far as my testimony, I was literally born into it. Um, and it's one of those things where I was told that somewhere around four or five, I accepted the Lord. I do remember being baptized when I was a teenager, about 13, 14. Uh, my dad was able to baptize me that way. Cool. Um, but yeah, kind of grew up, uh, grew up in it, and bought the T-shirt, literally, because I oh, used to wear lots of Christian uh, so cool. yeah. T-shirts and paraphernalia. Turn or
1: burn, guys. Turn or burn is what his shirt okay. said.
0: I'm just I'm processing the moment. So you're a <laughs> you're a PK. Yes. Jordan, the star producer, is a PK. Wow, interesting. Okay, yeah. and then you're both serving here. I'm also yeah.
2: only child, um, Okay, which uh, research shows is two. De- well, it depends. Could be two uh, strikes against you, but thankfully God is good. And even though I'm laughing, I truly mean that God is really good. Yeah, okay. Becca, how about you?
1: Yeah, um, I will try to be brief. Um, so I was raised in a Christian home as well. Um, I come from a long line of Believers um, on my specifically my mom's side. So my I think great great grandpa was one of the founders of Western Seminary. Oh wow. Um, and I want to say that I'm the 15th generation of like evangelicals on from my mom's dad, from his side. Wow, that's so awesome. it's just like hundreds of years. So which I'm very thankful for. Um. I believe I was three. My mom was actually changing my diaper. It'll forever be my story. Um, Like, late at night, I think I told her I was scared, and she said, well, you don't need to be, and, um, you know, do you know why? And I just kind of laid out the gospel for her and um, knew the basics, you know? Mm -hmm. I mean, how much of theology do you understand at three? But, um, and then I would say um, probably the biggest test would have been, when I turned six, it was about two weeks after we moved from um, Auburn to Portland, um, my little brother suddenly died. So um, his heart just stopped beating and they actually flew specialists in and um, nobody knew why. And so Um, I don't do well with change at all, and so I was already really upset that we'd moved, although we did move closer to family, which was definitely a gift. My parents met at Multnomah, so they had a bunch of college friends and stuff around, too. Um, But that was the first time where it was like, oh, like, this doesn't mean that life is roses, you know? Mm -hmm. Um, Really hard things happen. And so um, that's kind of been my first experience of, like, seeing faith lived out. Okay. Um, I know it was really obviously super hard for my parents, but they got up every day and took care of us. And um, I don't remember them ever being they, – they could have been mad at God, but I don't remember ever being mm-hmm. like, why would this, you know – happen Mm -hmm. and God's still faithful and he still is who he says that he is and um and then you know I mean it was kind of the same it was like I never had a huge rebellious period I mean I definitely have had times over the years where I've drifted away and I'd say one of the things that God's taught me the most especially in this last year that's obviously been hard for everybody but just that he's enough and Mm -hmm. um I've actually heard God's audible voice one time and that's what he said I was complaining about something sorry. And he said, um, am I not enough for you? And I was like, no, 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 it's fine. I, you know, Mm -hmm. but blah, 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 blah. And he stopped me like, no, am I not enough? And that was reiterated later through another thing. That's another story. But, um, anyway, so that's kind of what I've hung on to is just God is who he says he is. And also he's enough. So no matter Mm -hmm. what happens in your life, like I wanted to get married forever. And I was, Old in the Christian world for getting married, I was in my mm-hmm. 30s, and um, you know, that didn't solve all my problems. And my kids didn't solve all my problems, but God's enough, so
0: yeah, amen, amen. So, you guys have both yeah. walked with Jesus since you're younger through ups and downs, etc., and mm-hmm. wanted to bounce around a few questions and just hear more about what that's actually been like. Um, it's not always easy, right? And so, kind of the point of this podcast is that it sparks real conversations in person with fellow GBCers, right? And and that happens when we hear God's work in each of our lives, and then it sparks those real conversations to help us joyfully and faithfully follow Him in our time. So, what I wanted to kind of kind of ground, maybe a few questions for you around. One of my favorite verses is Colossians one twenty three. And it says, If indeed you continue in the faith, stable and steadfast, not shifting from the hope of the gospel. So what I'd love to hear you maybe just talk about some is where in your life do you find your most prone to shift your hope from the gospel? Could be in your identity, could be in your work, could be in your ministry, could be in your marriage or your parenting. I mean, all of us. It's not just one thing. That's all of life, but just it helps us to be really honest. And here, where do you find yourself, for whatever reason or reasons, prone to wander, prone to shift your hope from the gospel? Maybe just share a little bit about that.
1: Um. So I think for me, it's honestly it's more outside sources. Okay. Um. So I have noticed, especially this last, again, back to this last year, year and a half Um, that the world is more divided. I feel like the church is more divided, um, and it can just be exhausting. And I get very um, kind of oppressed by it. I have a really hard time, especially if it's people that I know that I've had some conversations with or interactions with that are um, divisive, I guess. Okay. I can think of the Mm -hmm. the right words to use. And, And most have been. I've had... Plenty of conversations with people that are of different mindset, and they've been wonderful. Um, but when it gets hard, is the the loudness of the world, um, and I can get so bogged down by um, the lost that I have a hard time focusing on the good. Okay. And um, one of my like life verses is actually John sixteen thirty three. Um, and I will repeat, like, take heart. Jesus says, you know, take heart. I've overcome the world, like, over and over and over and over mm-hmm. because ultimately Jesus has won. And um, and the oppression that we feel and, like, the spiritual battle that we feel, that I feel anyways, um, doesn't need to be as big of a distraction as it is. Okay. Um, and then I think, too, um, When I am so focused on other things, it's hard for me to, like, focus on the most important things, which is my relationship Mm -hmm. with the Lord and raising two little boys and being the most stellar wife that I can be. And um, I will say, though, um, Warren's really good about asking good questions and helping me verbally process through things and then reminding me, like, you know, like Jesus is our hope and our stay and... Um, but it's, it's hard with all the distractions for sure. Like I'll have to stay off social media and do different things just because it does not bode well all the time. (laughs) So,
0: so just to kind of lean into that a little bit more, I think it's helpful to hear each other talk about it. Sure. So when do you know you're starting to shift from the hope of the gospel? You said these outside and I, I totally resonate with where you're coming from, Yeah. but how do you actually know Internally, your compass is getting off. Does that make sense? What yeah. are those markers for you? Or what does Warren see mm-hmm. that say, hey, where yet?
1: Yeah. So, um, well, another fun fact about me is that I struggle with anxiety. Okay. And so it's very physical. Okay. Um, like I feel like I have the flu almost. I mm-hmm. get like nauseous. And so that's one indication. Okay. Yep. Um, also, if. Um, Oh, this makes me so sad thinking about it sorry um like if the kids need me and i'm frustrated with them mm-hmm. and then i notice like they just want to drink a water you know mm-hmm. like clearly i'm in not in a good headspace right now um so i think that's definitely something or if i shut down like he, he'll know what's going on you know um partly
2: because in many ways very easygoing, except for Seven to ten percent of things in life.
1: Very and true. Very
2: chill. Very everything's fine. Oh, I don't really care. So, and but then, then certain really things, care. it's like, you know, okay. Yeah. yeah. So,
1: so if I shut, yeah, not okay. If I shut down, that's that's usually not great. I um after my brother died, I didn't want to like push my emotion on anybody, mm-hmm. and because everybody was hurting, and so I was like, uh, I mean, I don't know what my six year old brain was doing, but that's what yeah. it did, and so I um kind of taught myself how to deal with it and move on. And so, um, I, and he's like, don't do that. He's so good about getting me out of that, but it's still a Mm go-to. So even this last week, I was having a really hard time on Monday and, um, I just texted him like, pray for me. I'm really struggling. And he came home and, um, and it wasn't until like, Thursday that I said something and it was
2: like mm. what it was hard all for week... both of us though. Yeah, like all week yeah.
1: long, you know. So yeah. um we so he can kind of Mhm. Yeah. Thanks um, for being real but... and
0: talking that through. Oh, of course. Yeah. I just think it helps us as fellow Christians to be able to have some language around that and to talk about it mm-hmm. and I hope there's going to be others that hear this back and be like, yeah. Oh,
2: I, I, I so. get it,
0: right? Cuz yeah. you're not the only one at all. All of us uh yeah. live in that spectrum in different places. So, mm. yeah. Warren, how about for you, what do you, as far as you are aware, what are those areas where you're more prone to shift your hope from the gospel? And then a step further, why do you think that might be?
2: Yeah, this was a great question. Um, you know, I'm uh, for going Enneagram. Oh, we're going there. Which apparently are, because okay. I just decided that. You just did, yep. Uh, I'm a peacemaker. Okay. A heart. So, um, I think that a lot of that stems from my upbringing, um, which I'll just briefly mention, um, on our way here, I think we both recognize we're just kind of more emotional, so I'm intentionally Mm -hmm. not going to share a lot about this, but I'll just quickly say, um, growing up in a household with a mom that, you know, there's been undiagnosed, uh, could it be mental? health, Mm -hmm. potentially Mm -hmm. eating disorders, potentially, um, that, like I said, is literally to this day undiagnosed. So it's not possible to know the extent of it, but I believe growing up, it was my way of probably coping, trying to make Mm -hmm. peace happen where it was just stressful, um, or not peaceful, or I had to kind of be the parent. And so it's interesting when you're growing up and your dad's a pastor and at home, that's kind of what's going on. Mm -hmm. Um, you know, years removed from it and lots of sessions (laughs) and time with other people, I can, I can clearly see they were both doing the best they absolutely could. So it was not in a matter of intention. Um, but it was difficult to see what was being preached sometimes and then going home and being like, but this isn't very peaceful. And again, you know, I it wouldn't be very charitable because I firmly believe with all my heart, 100%. Having done the work with him, with my family, to the extent that's possible, you know, they were doing the best they could, but that was difficult. So I believe that feeds into what I would say is my, you know, if, if things aren't peaceful, if my primary relationships aren't in tune, and in a good footing or a good place, um, it's really difficult. Okay. And so in an environment where, um, not just as a leader, uh, which, you know, eventually I think we're going to talk about how long I've been at GBC serving in this capacity. Yep. It's a very odd time to start as a leader in ministry or anywhere. Uh, it's not, uh, I would say it's not even always a bad thing, but there's very strong, opinions on both sides, Mm -hmm. Uh, and that's just tough, you know, because my literal inside DNA, the way I work is, but if Mm -hmm. we could get together and if we could talk, Mm -hmm. however, uh, it's okay to love Jesus and uh, to agree to disagree, and, Mm -hmm. you know, maybe I'll go, we were just in Estacada the other day. We drove past Baptist and then a first Baptist within
1: like 10 feet. <laughs>
2: okay. One property line. Wow. I always say that because it was just striking. Like, man, like that, like that for me, seeing that, it might be kind of It is funny, but it also actually kills me a little bit. Because in my head, I go, man, I'm going through this town, I see all these churches. Like, I want us to be on the same page, I want us to be unified. Um, and it's not only that it can't happen it feels very much right now like you have to have your opinion and you have to know where you stand and you have mm-hmm. to and so to see that just the I don't even know uh it, it's more of a feeling so I kind of feel like I'm sputtering a little bit but just that feeling of even within the church yeah just how uncharitable we are and venomous we are and uh even just saying that is, like, killing me a little bit because I just go, man, we are on the same team. Uh, Flawed, uh, so broken, but we're trying our best to figure out this and to serve Jesus well. And it kills me, especially going to work and being in a work environment that is proactively trying to be the most um, inclusive, equitable, Mm -hmm. progressive. Like, they want to be the most... Of that tech company out there. Yep. So when you know it hits home when us Christians who have mm. the truth, who um, are commanded to love each other, yep, commanded to hold unity, and uh, the bonds of love and the bonds of peace—all these things—right mm. uh, throughout Scripture—and then I go to work and I'm like, man, it's it's mm. tough. Um, So it's, it's not just, I think it's just, I think hopefully that kind of explains, there's like a dual, it's internal, but it's also out, but then there's no way around. And then now, especially being a leader, it can be challenging because I think that there is a necessity obviously to lead and to have a view. Um, Mm -hmm. But it also means some people will uh, leave, some people will stay, some people will show up for the first time, which is great, Mm -hmm. but everybody, especially around (laughs) music, um, trying to say that for later, but has opinions. And so there's, there's times when it'll come down to a song that's selected. And I just know in my head, you know, I had this conversation with so-and-so I had this. So in my efforts to make peace, I can spend my own energy and reserves Mm -hmm. to where Mm -hmm. I'm just, I'm toast. Yeah. Um, You're living in such an interesting tension right now, what you do,
0: quote-unquote, your day job. I just did quote-unquote for you. (laughs) And then your staff position at GBC, you see those different cultures, different norms. And from being former corporate myself, you and I can speak some of the same language, right? There's a gospel in your day job that's being aspired to. Mm -hmm. Uh, They want the kingdom without the king. And then you come to kingdom world with the true gospel, and yet sometimes we're more of a mess, which in my opinion only proves the beauty and truth of the gospel, uh, that we are are frail. We don't have it all figured out.
2: None of that stuff. And, you know, it can add a little bit because I've been in different um, environments, denominations, worldviews, you know, outside of the essentials, always, Mm -hmm. of truth, but where certain things were valued as Mm non-negotiable or gospel or dogma. And so um, not that it's been super varied, but to come from very charismatic, to somewhere in between, to being like undercover Assemblies of God, uh, if our goal was like you didn't know that we were Assemblies of God, you know, Mm. uh, to now GBC, um, Mm -hmm. even though it's non-denominational, interacting with people that have a little bit of a bent towards um, a different way of viewing things for sure. Mm -hmm. So sometimes that is hard for me as a peacemaker again, Mm. you know, because I want us all to get along and play together. And (laughs) so being in different places where... Um, people have a very strong bent or push towards truth on one subject. And I've been a part of two or three different types of denominations where that just wasn't a big deal or we didn't even think about it. Yeah. Mm -hmm. I think I love where you both are coming from, that when you kind of think through the question,
0: okay, we're we're all prone to shift our hope from the gospel that's Mm -hmm. in Scripture, Mm -hmm. Uh, then why? And then you can get lost in that a little bit if it's too introspective, but to be aware enough... As you're walking with Jesus over many years, you to see probably some personality, some upbringing, all of us bring that to the table and to be honest about it and to know that. So I, I just love hearing you guys right now talk yeah. that through. And we're all learning of that together. And the Lord is shaping us and forming us into his image. So, yeah, yeah.